Hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to another episode of Ye Old Nifty Show. Today, we are joined by myself and a couple of Zachs. Zach, how are you doing over there, good sir? So proclaimeth Sir Lord Travis the first. I'm yes. doing fantastic. How are you? The first. It's, it's got to be there. There's no second, but there's a first. <laughs> That's good. So uh, today, we're going to be talking to a really interesting project. It uh, looks like it's built on the Solana blockchain, a project called CryptoQuest, uh, NFT.com, groundbreaking NFT platform, so they say, uh, <laughs> introducing the world's first completely customized uh, generative 3D RPG players for the play-to-earn world out there, and also a rich uh, you, a metaverse being built as well, where you create the story. Please welcome... To ye old nifty show, the one and only Sir Lord Zach Hopkins. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to talk about it. Very nice. So tell us, what is CryptoQuest, good sir? How do you? What, what, what's your vision for this bad boy? Yeah, so CryptoQuest is uh, essentially a collection of P2E NFT heroes uh, in, in the world of high fantasy, kind of inspired by... Uh, the likes of Skyrim and uh, RuneScape and um, classic Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and basically we're featuring kind of what we think is revolutionary blockchain tech in the kind of first rarity-based customization when you create your character. Um, so when you actually create a character on the on the CryptoQuest uh, Megaverse, as we're calling it, you actually go through the, the, the steps of customization yourself and truly own your character. And so that's kind of the basis, but it's really a lot more than that. And hopefully we can get into that. Now, when we're talking about these fantasy characters that exist in the context of a high fantasy megaverse, as as you say, mm-hmm. there is there's definitely a very thickly laid implication of some sort of massively multiplayer online RPG type functionality. Is that where is that the direction that you're taking this? So, it, yeah, it's funny you say that. So, actually, when we are looking at the sort of more longer time horizon. That's something we really uh, very much want to get into. But I think the original product that we kind of envisioned is sort of uh, grounded in, in pragmatism first with a with a a long-term vision of what you just stated, basically. We want to create that that Skyrim game eventually. And we want to create assets. Like if you, if you take a look at any of our character assets, you can see that they're designed in a hyper-realistic style uh, that's suitable uh, for implementation in, in those kind of AAA games. Um, so we wanted the we wanted the NFT assets themselves to be interesting, and we wanted that long term portability to be possible to us based on the the you know because when you when you first build your NFT collections, it's uh, um, you're kind of tied to that infrastructure in a way, and so we wanted to make sure that that was um, well configured and had room for growth going forward. So yes, uh, I think that that is the ambition for CryptoQuest going forward. And on the way, uh, we're, we're, we're creating a megaverse of games that are enjoyable in the meantime and uh, multi-art style interoperability. So there's different art styles that are also um, available for CryptoQuest uh, NFT owners. Um, so that we have a, an actual pathway to get to that point, so. Yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely a couple things there I, I want to hone in on then, because one is the, the sort of more near future pragmatism, as you described it, the more immediate utility and use cases and the overall purpose and substance of these NFTs. And, and the other thing that I want to get into is you mentioning 
multiple art styles for NFT holders. Can you, can you tell us more about what that means? Yeah. So basically when we looked at the sort of uh, what the market is offering right now in terms of interoperability, and we think interoperability for, especially for the gaming space is, is hugely important for these kind of projects to have any long-term sustainability. Um, so, you know, we pride ourselves on, we want our games to be transferable, our characters to be transferable within games on our platform. And we also have ambitions for having uh, partnering game developers create games on our platform. And in order to achieve that, we need to have uh, different art styles that can be adapted based on those games. Because there's there's a huge genre selection of games, and we want to be able to fit those within our, our, our fantasy universe, right? Um, and so our first kind of foray into that is pixel art characters, uh, because it has a fairly low development overhead. Um, and it's, it's kind of easy to match from what we already have. We can kind of transfer those into a pixel art form quite easily. It doesn't take a lot of time. And then we can instantly implement those into games. So on launch date, you will actually have two available assets uh, that you'll be able to um, uh, play your character as. One being the, the more hyper-realistic, which will be in sort of UI and UX designs um, in any kind of mini game that's operable on the site in our mobile app and character sheets, things like this. Um, and then for our actual pixel art um, gladiator game, that is our first pixel art game that we're currently in development of, uh, you will actually be utilizing your mirror, mirror imaged uh, pixel art guy. So uh, kind of creating that interoperability. And we have plans also to expand this art collection down for the more cartoony sort of fantasy um, anime style almost um, as well, so that we can adapt to even more games in the future. I love that. That's one of the things that... Um... I think a lot of a lot of interesting projects are going to want to do is sort of evolve your character. You know, maybe you have the 2D version. And then, as you mentioned, the pixel art version. Then you have the hyper-realistic version. Then maybe you have the AR360 version of the character so they can plug in to different games and the different metaverses. And so is that your, your goal is to be, you be able to take your character and then plug it into other places as well? Right. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing that is sort of inspirational on a scope perspective is something like Dungeons and Dragons, where you have this broad fantasy universe. Um, and we wanted to create that for the characters in our story and that would, and you own those characters, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think blockchain enables that sort of interoperability. And uh, I think given what our ambition is, I think we'd be fools not to go that route of, mm. of trying to branch it off to as many kind of forms as possible to kind of yeah. match that, that. And you that said people are going to be able to choose their own, right? So you're going right. to, you're basically going through a selector where it's like a customization uh, platform. You're like, okay, I want an elf. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want blue eyes. I want this. Now does each one sort of have its own, like, Oh, if you want this attribute, this one is an additional soul. Like, are there up levels? So you can like really get a badass rare, character by going through that customization process? Yeah. So the way that we have it set up is it's, you know, we wanted to have a tightrope of, we wanted rarity to still be implemented. Right. Um, but we also wanted customization. And so we've seen a lot of projects that have offered customization in the route of, um, you know, you send us what, what you want and pay some extra money and we can, we can give you a customized version of your NFT. Uh, instead, the kind of route we're taking is that uh, everything is done at mint time. So you actually mint the NFT. Everyone has the same exact price. And what we've implemented is sort of a currency system within each token. So tokens are given random, are, are, are allocated randomized uh, amount of stat points and cosmetic points. And then the user can go to the customization screen um, and spend those points uh, as, as desired in order to completely customize their character from top to bottom. 
Um, and that includes kind of an element of kind of a fun unboxing period. Um, again, this whole like Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, it's all kind of intertwined in this in this sort of package. Um, because again, we're, we're big Magic the Gathering fans as well. Opening packs, that, that feeling of like, oh, I got something super rare. We wanted to incorporate that into that customization process as well. So when you actually mint a token, it's completely blank. And you actually, it's kind of a three-stage process because you mint it, um, again, all the same price, um, but then you can reveal the hero and that will tell you the, the general rarity of the item that you got or the character that you've, you've unboxed, so to speak. Um, and it will tell you what, what kind of tier they're in. So we have like the, the common, you know, uncommon, common, rare, mythic, uh, you know, uh, traits associated with that. And then from there, you can actually customize it. And uh, it should be noted that as soon as they're customized uh, on the blockchain, it is permanent. Um, the way that they can be modified in the future is through weapons and armor and uh, stat progression. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. I know I went a little bit on a tangent there, but <laughs> it's hard not to get excited about. The fact that owners are going to be able to change numerical parameters that are in the attributes, the, the metadata of these NFTs, and the fact that just that coupled with the fact that you want them to be usable in multiple games brings up an interesting question, which I'm, I'm sure you, you've thought of, and I, I really want to hear what you think about this. Because the implication is that the stats will have some sort of impact in whatever game those tokens are brought into. Would you say that that's the case? Yep, absolutely. So what do I do as an owner if I customize my stats for, for my CryptoQuest avatar in order to min-max for this pixel art game that you said is coming out first, but then I want to adopt a different play style in the and change what my character is able to do well for the for the bigger game that's coming out later. Is that something that's within my capabilities? So I think with the I think there's a couple different avenues depending on what your particular use case is as a user. So I think if you're looking to completely change your, um, I mean it is permanent, right? So if you have if you've min max something for strength or constitution, you're a really heavy warrior build, let's say, um, there won't be any inbuilt way, I don't think, to change change that. You would have to have another character. However, um, there's a few things, there's a few caveats to that. One, which is that it's going to be a game-specific uh, evaluation. So if you're playing a game where um, you have multiple class systems, you can still, of course, uh, operate between those classes. And the idea of the kind of gaming ecosystem is to present enough gaming options so that there is no, um, at any one period, there is no role that is overpowered or underpowered uh, in, in, in some, I should say. So for instance, if we release a game and it's quickly discovered that, you know, one min-max class of, of uh, character has a slight edge, the idea behind our thinking is, in the duration of time, in the duration of the whole platform, we're going to have multiple games for which that's sort of balanced out over the ecosystem. So then people will kind of find their niche. They'll kind of find their home for those characters. And the nice thing about having um, sort of these blank slate assets is there's always that option of buying into the ecosystem uh, and creating a, a new character with, with different uh, traits because you can always... Uh, we, we've had some discussion too of like respec options or something like this. Um, but, uh, it's not nothing finalized at this point. So I would say in general, it's going to be very game specific and that role will be, um, very interchangeable between games. So like, if, like I said earlier, if one game has a certain predilection for 
uh, a likeness towards the warrior classes of having high strength, high, high constitution. In this game, it might be totally opposite. You, you know, you have a more preference for high wisdom, high intelligence. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of considerations that go into that, I think, from the individual game design perspective when we actually create those. Very nice. I, 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 I'm all about that high intelligence, high wisdom, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Hey, looking at your site, CryptoQuestNFT.com, I see you got some partners down below on the website, CrowdCreate, and this thing called Draco Dice. What's going on? How's this? Uh, and actually, there's two Zachs here, one of each, one from Draco and one from, uh, one from CryptoQuest. What's going on with that? How's that? How are you guys working together? Yeah, so we're actually uh, in the midst of creating a mobile app that integrates our uh, character sheet uh, of our, all of our characters, again, because one of our biggest passions was Dungeons and & Dragons, and we wanted to give back to that tabletop RPG space, um, and also wanted to implement a variety of dice assets into our, uh, into our actual games and into our customization process, we're hoping. Um, and so, yeah, we actually found Draco Dice very early on in our in our foray into fantasy, and uh, we're lucky enough to get in contact with them. And as soon as we kind of saw Draco Dice uh, and what they were doing, we were like, "Oh, this this is perfect within our world. This is exactly what we need. Uh, we don't want to have to make uh, individual dice assets and hire artists to do that." Um, and so I think instantly we we wanted to get that partnership set up, and uh, uh, Zach was nice enough to oblige, and we've been talk in talks about. Uh, the creation of a mobile app, which actually bridges the Solana and Wax chain in a kind of special way in that users can connect both wallets and interact with both their uh, CryptoQuest hero character sheet and uh, implement their uh, Draco, Di Draco Dice uh, assets into it from the Wax chain into kind of a seamless uh, tabletop RPG experience. And uh, it's actually pretty late stages of that now. Um, I have to send some uh, some development updates to you guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. And, you know, it. it, it my favorite part about this partnership is the fact that we are both so focused on the long term of what interoperability actually means. Because the tendency for people in, in the blockchain space is to sort of identify with a singular chain and make that the tribe that they're a part of. But we're all a part of a bigger tribe by mere participation. And it, it just makes so much more sense for us to be able to collaborate and experience across chain. And we're, we're both creating these really flexible assets in a way that enables that. And I, I think that people are, are beginning to really appreciate the agency that that gives them. Yeah, 100%. And I think, uh, I think the majority of projects that are not building themselves in an interoperable way are, have, have a severe bottleneck, uh, I think, uh, as this progresses, especially considering, I, I believe, um, and just based on the app integration and what went into that and the, just the designing of that. I think perhaps people in general, that might be a, a thing that many developers um, exaggerate the difficulty of uh, because these NFT assets exist as um, a pure link, even though it's a permanent link, it's very accessible uh, as an asset to other parties, as long as you're granted permission. Um, and so creating a sort of chain in this way isn't particularly difficult as long as the assets are created to um, operate on a uh, on a certain platform or, or created a certain way that allows for interoperability uh, between platforms. So yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think and anyone that's kind of not um, migrating their direction towards interoperability uh, should do so or have some, some severe bottleneck concerns. 
Very good. Any other things that uh, the great fans of Ye Old Nifty Show might like to know about your project? Yeah, so we're actually launching in uh, late May is when we're aiming for. Uh, we do know, uh, we don't know the supply yet. Uh, it's actually two, uh, TBD, but our uh, our first game should be launching within, I want to say, our first game beta, I should say, of our Gladiator, Gladi Gladiators of Kraken's Grave game uh, should be released within a month of release. And uh, I, I really hope I get to see uh, some nifty members there and, and participating in our server. Uh, we got some some great community stuff. We got giveaways all the time, weekly podcasts. Uh, so so please come on in. Very nice. You can go check it out. Their Discord, uh, discord.gg slash invite slash crypto quest. You can check out the website, cryptoquestnft.com. And uh, you can check out Zach Hopkins all over the internet. Zach <laughs> and Zach, thank you for being on the Nifty Show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was great. It was great to have you. Zach, calm. That was pretty sweet, huh? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm obviously a huge. I can't say enough how big of a fan I am of projects that are focused on interoperability and making real connections, leveraging the technology that we have instead mm -hmm. of trying to establish uh, a new isolated standard that everybody else has to adopt. And well, that's the true metaverse mantra, right? It's like a metaverse yeah. is interoperable. It's not, it's not one metaverse controlled by one entity. It's the every space, right? So I think right. you hit that right on. Most people are so, like, we have so much experience in Wax, right? We've done so much on Wax with Blockchain Heroes and you done with Draco Dice and the other stuff. And it's like, you go over to Solana, people who are on Solana love Solana. They don't like Wax. They don't deal yeah. with Wax. You go over to Ethereum, and it's like people on Wax. They don't go to most of them. Don't go to Ethereum. Most of them like like, like there's as you mentioned, very tribal. We've been talking about that. Yeah, they're very tribal. And so here we are breaking down the walls. I love that. All right, anything else we want to talk about, Mister Mister Com? Um, I I think that we have initiated quite the expedition into this particular metaverse, and I am very much looking forward to what the future holds within CryptoQuest. And what the future holds is to keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Zach are the hosts you'll know. Joel and Zach say this will blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go. It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy. The nifty.